Do you want to count down for it? No, we shouldn't do that. <laughs> Wait, was that record? Huh? Are we going? <laughs> yes. We're so bad at this. I'm um, always recording. I know. Always, always. All right. So hello and welcome to Thinking Religion. We haven't done that in a while. No, um, no. This is a really fun, exciting episode. Um, for one, we're like starting first round games, first round matchups of the Thinking Religion Bible Bracket Challenge. Uh, and for two, we have a really special guest uh, on the show today, for at least at least part of the show. Um, David Ray Allen uh, is on the show. Hello. What's up? Coming live from Wallace, Idaho. Big, <laughs> Wallace, Idaho. Wallace, Idaho. That's right. And there are how many people that live in Wallace, Idaho? 980. Uh, 900. Just a boomerang city. They've got two gas stations, and it appears one uh, traffic light. Wow! Oh, do they have a traffic light? I mean, that's you know, they that's do. They do. That's right. So, um, so for people that don't know, um, maybe tell us a little bit about why you're in Wallace. Um, Wallace is not a destination on your trip, but maybe tell us a little bit about why you're in Wallace and and what you're doing right now. Wait, wait, I know. You're, I was going to say first of all, you're going to go interview a congressperson ahead. and he's going to body slam you, and you're going to make national news, right? <laughs> That's what I'm looking for. I think people so. have no idea why I'm in Wallace, Idaho. That was that was definitely not part of the uh, original uh, plan. Uh, so for my, I'm a, a senior at UNC Chapel Hill, so I'm a young blood compared to these guys. Yeah, that, that was a, that was an old knock on you guys, but nice. um, yeah. yeah. So my my last year of my uh, Moorhead Kane scholarship is research, and I am traveling the country. I've got 3,800 miles in my car at this moment. Um, from North Carolina to Seattle and back, essentially, I'm stopping at Christian communities and churches and maybe some homeless shelters and all kinds of good stuff. And I'm writing about loving your neighbor. Um, and kind of each place I'm going to is a different neighbor that often gets overlooked. And uh, I've been doing a lot of interviews and, and uh, going to try to write something up, maybe a book, maybe just a bunch of different essays, maybe nothing. So, but I'm excited and uh, it's been going well so far. So, um, so where are you, where are you headed today? So, so you're in Idaho. So you're a few hours behind us. Where are you headed today? Next, well, I'm stopping tonight in in Missoula, Montana, and then I'll be in Jackson, Wyoming, the next night, uh, and then I'm going to be in Colorado for a week and a half or so. Um, the main attraction in Colorado this time around is going to be Red Rocks. I'm going to be uh, at the Avid Brothers concert Friday, Saturday, and night at so. But that was kind of a part. Of the whole point of this trip was let's see how I can find an excuse to spend three nights with a with David <laughs> Brothers at Red Rocks, and it worked. It worked out pretty well. So. Perfectly, yeah. That's um, awesome. Definitely quite jealous of you. We've talked about this already, but three nights in a row at Red Rocks. One at Red Rocks, two, yeah, Red three Rocks. nights in a row. Um, so that's going to be uh, obviously fantastic. So, so yeah. I mean, um, if you don't know, we'll we'll put some links down in the show notes so people can. Um, kind of follow your adventure what's uh you got a site you got a little podcast going you want to drop those real quick yeah well neither of which have been um highly populated with content because i realized that when you drive nine or ten hours a day and then you get somewhere you're i'm not exactly in the mood to then uh post up a a list of what i've been doing so neither neither of which i've been doing a very good job at but you know follow along at twitter at david r allen jr and i'll be posting links from there um, if there's good content, I'm not. I'm not trying to get people to subscribe and not be anything. That would be disappointing. So just li- just follow along on Twitter, and I'll be glad to to share what's going on 
on the trip, you know, stuff with that, the great stuff that's happening in Wallace, Idaho, you know, in Missoula, Montana, the real places of America, right? <laughs> right, exactly. That, you know, flyover country. So you're going to quote unquote that's real right. America where, I mean, yeah, as, yeah. as you've seen so far, not everybody lives. I don't know. Right? You, you made it to, to Portland, right? I mean, you went to Powell's. Yeah, I made so, yeah. yeah, Portland and Seattle. Powell's uh, took a lot of my money. Thomas helped me out with that. I had a, uh, Thomas gave a few book suggestions, and um, it's such a great. I place. got out of there for under a hundred dollars, which was a oh, big, good. A big pretty good. Honestly, yeah, yeah. yeah we, we did a trip a couple of years ago where we flew out to Seattle and, and drove down to Portland and back up and camped out and stuff. And yeah, I, I had no idea how much money I was going to spend at Powell's. I had to like ship up a huge box back because <laughs> it wouldn't fit on the airplane, basically. But uh, yeah, it's it's a it's a neat place. It, it's a bookstore. Yeah, sure. it, it's not a head shop or anything for those people. Legitimate. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, you, All right. So you want to hop in straight in? Yeah. Two let's feet? just uh, let's let's jump in on this. Um, I know we got a lot of people that are really eager. Talk to some more people today. Working on their um, uh, brackets uh, this afternoon, so you can still get in. Um, You'll, you know, maybe miss picking the first couple of matchups, but um, we're planning to do the first four uh, this evening, which would take us six weeks to do round one. We may speed that up a little bit. We'll see how it goes uh, tonight. But we wanted to bring uh, David on for a couple reasons. One, um, you know, friend of the show. Uh, so that's fun. Um, two, he knows a lot of these books pretty well. And three, he knows sports. And we're, you know, kind of not really great at making sports analogies. And so David's here to, here to help us with that. So first, first, I guess I want to hear um, maybe kind of your overall breakdown and then what you see is um, maybe potential upsets or really big matchups that we've got here in the bracket. Yeah, guys, let, let me just tell you, I'm first of all, I'm going to go into like some kind of weird sports announcer voice. that just kind of happens when I start talking about this. So <laughs> feel free, feel free to shut it down whenever, but you know uh, what I did was I went through and I wanted to look at some, some – I compared some teams. I picked out some big matchups, and, and I got some sleeper picks as well that I think are going to make a run. Um, and I would just like to say that I am, you know, as a senior getting ready to graduate, trying to find a job or trying to decide what I'm going to do next of any school or not, when I heard about this, I really – I thought it was God just kind of, kind of laughing at me, saying, here I am trying to figure out what I want to do, and this is like the perfect thing. So now I'm going to start for jobs. Yeah, religious analogies to sports. I think those right. are like that's a really popular field, right? Yeah. Oh yeah, definitely. Um, a lot, yeah, a lot you of might not get paid anything for it, but a lot of people right. will, en- will enjoy it. Yeah. Okay. So so we'll start with this. This is what I got. I want to talk about the blue bloods of college basketball, right? You've got UNC, uh, UCLA, Kansas, and Kentucky. I'm comparing those schools, the blue bloods as they call them, to the four gospels in Genesis. Okay. So these are these are the you know, if this was an annual tournament, year in, year out, the Gospels and Genesis are probably going to make a big run. You know, the Gospels, obviously, for Jesus and his, and his story, and the Genesis, obviously, because that's a that's a book that, you know, almost everybody knows, and, like, there's a lot of, you know, contention. There's a lot of good stories in Genesis. So a those are the ones there. I expect yeah. to make a... Yeah, a lot of tradition. I expect those five books, just like the UNC, UCLA's, Kentucky's of the world, to make a deep run into the tournament. That makes sense. You you guys on board with that? Um, that makes. We'll, we'll see how it plays out this year, but um, that definitely makes sense. And I think you're right. The Gospels have the upper hand with Jesus. I mean, yeah, I don't know. Gen- see, I'm I'm an, I'm an OT guy, so you know Genesis, Kings, Samuel. I'm I'm 
strong on those. So I, I, I don't know. I think the Genesis run is going to be strong. They're, they're kind of the yeah. uh, the Kentucky. You know, you, you don't really know how how far they're going to go. Right. But, but right. You, yeah. You think may, maybe this is the year that they're going to not you know foul out. I don't know what that right. means, we'll, but we'll we'll stick in with the Gospels. You also get Gospel Thomas, which is a personal favorite of my Thomas's and, and many others as well. But it's an it's obviously a non canonical book. So I'm going to go here with Gonzaga, a team that went to the uh, national championship this year and year in year out in contention. But it's non canonical. It's it's a it's a it's a book that you don't often think about. Just like Gonzaga is not in one of the Power Five schools. It's out west in Spokane, Washington. Just passed it a few minutes ago. So I'm going with Gonzaga to make a deep run, just like Gonzaga does, but might not be talked about very much. Nice. That's that's good. I like that. Uh, somebody who's kind of um, you know there uh, a lot of years, more years than not, maybe, um, and always generates buzz, but maybe isn't at the isn't the first team that you think about. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, for sure. And then another big one is, and I'm going to talk about this later in one of the tough matchups. Is I like to think of Psalms as your grandmother's favorite book like every time i go to my grandma's house she's got the bible flipped the song you know what i'm saying so i mean but, a lot of but it kind of lends there. itself to that right it's right in the middle so right exactly right exactly and so this is how i think of as indiana Indiana's one of those programs where for some reason your granddad liked indiana he has no reason like indiana just because hoosiers came out when he i mean i don't know hoosiers is a perfect example of it or just like indiana's got a really storied basketball tradition you can't really tell the story because about Indiana. Just like maybe you can't tell the Old Testament without Psalms, just right there in the middle. Uh, you flip to it easily. Into Psalms. That's good. I like that. I like that. Your grandmother's favorite book. So, <laughs> so is Indiana your grandmother's favorite team? Is that what we're thinking? Of? Like just kind of the nostalgia. Yeah, uh, that's that's the way to go on this one. I think. By the way, this is not yeah. easy. I had a hard time with this. You're not on board. Feel free to tell me. Well, so I'm just thinking, what about Paul? I mean, is Paul kind of like the Big Ten or oh, man. Big 12 or whatever it is now? You brought up you know? Paul, too. I was going to wait and bring him out early, but in, a lot of people aren't going to like this. But Paul, in one way in particular, they've got a big coaching. Right? Like, Coach K is known for the fact that a lot of people have worked under him and have gone on to succeed. Kind of similar to Paul, maybe Paul, in his early teachings, he, he led a lot of people to then... Uh, go out from under his tutelage, so to speak. So that's why I went Coach K and Paul kind of similarity. Wow, Interesting. Interesting. So are there personality similarities too? You think between Coach K and Paul? <laughs> it possibly so. Yeah. yeah. You could say I wasn't going to go that far, Thomas. <laughs> you could say that. I, I also may compare First Timothy to Duke. I'm like I'm looking for an early exit for First Timothy. <laughs> <laughs> that that seems wise. That seems wise. Yeah, that's, yeah, it does. Yeah, the other the other couple that I really had here was um, I like Job because of the story of Job as like a 15 seed, like a Florida Gulf Coast that you're pulling for because it's Job. You know, does, I, I don't know. I don't know how, how long of a run Job's going to make, but I like it as an underdog to possibly uh, make a few rounds further than we expect it to. Yeah. All right. That's so true. so Job there with Dunk City. That's right, yeah, yeah. And, and I had, like, the Apocryphon of John in Revelation as, like, one of those uh, 13 seeds that you see in the NCAA tournament who you just get, you have to watch because you never know what's going to happen. As somebody who just spent an entire semester just on the Apocryphon of John as, as a class in, in Gnosticism, 
that that is one of the wildest books in this tournament. And so I'm just in, I'm interested to see yep. what happens with it. Especially when it gets to Romans, if it be if it gets past Micah, I mean that's right because right. you know you get you got Micah six eight, right. and that's that's a that's a pillar of Protestant theology. Exactly, and so that that what we can turn into some of the matchups that I was talking about because Apocryphal John versus Micah is a big first round matchup. I don't I don't I think Micah six eight is probably going to carry, it. and that's one of the things I was mentioning about like what is going to be. I don't know what your criteria you guys have set set in stone on something, but. Key Bible verses like Philip, like you know, if you think of Philippians four thirteen, does that make Philippians go yeah. a little bit further? Do people think about that when they're when they're voting? Uh, um, yeah. So do these yeah. quick, quippy memorable like, like even Psalm twenty three? Um, mm-hmm. That's one of the key matchups in the second round is going to go up against Mark Psalm versus Mark, which is poor seeding, I personally think, but you know, it's, it's tough to <laughs> seed ninety six books or whatever it ends up being. Right. So I understand. Yeah, yeah, you have to take that over yeah. the committee yeah. next year. Um, yeah. No, that's that's a really good point about kind of you know your your key verses you know being kind of your your key players right um, right right you know you got so so it's kind of like it's kind of like Corinthians is Dean Smith and then you've got uh, Ephesians as kind of like a like a like a Roy yeah that's a that's a right? good one see yeah see I'm getting it yeah that's right. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I also I also saw and you know this they have to work at the match have to work out right but the gospel of Judas versus the gospel of John in the second round is going to be a tough one and uh, in the second round Proverbs which you know is kind of like I guess you could call it you know I, it's it's kind of similar to Psalm in the fact that your grandma probably really likes Proverbs is going up against the gospel of Thomas which you know for for some of us will be a pretty easy vote but those are two high yeah. profile names going up against each other in the second round. Um, no, that's right. This is okay. This is great. What else? What other notes do you have? Um, I've got some sleepers, and I and since okay, I'm in, yeah. Let's in hear that. Wyoming, yeah. Since I'm in, since I'm in Idaho, not Wyoming, I don't have my, I don't, I can't get my bracket pulled up, but I have my sleepers written down. So maybe you guys can look at the matchups if you can. But here's one that I Ecclesiastes. You know, a lot of people know Ecclesiastes three. I was looking at its matchup earlier. I think Ecclesiastes has what it takes to get into the Sweet 16. They could make a deep run because the bracket that they're in, I don't see a lot of uh, trouble for it. Uh, and I think Ecclesiastes is going to go pretty far. So, so that's that. interesting because, I mean, you could see Ecclesiastes going far, but they have to get out of the first round, and the first round matchup is Hosea, which Ooh. is not a cakewalk by any means, right? <clears throat> it's not. It's not. But I, I think maybe what I mean more than anything else is Ecclesiastes doesn't have Kentucky or Kansas standing in its way. It's got a lot of those uh, mid-level seats, like Hosea. Like if if you're if I'm playing Hosea, I'm not terrified. I think I got a good shot when I'm playing Hosea. Maybe I'm wrong on that, <laughs> but I, I, I'm not. I'm like I'm not shaking in my boots against Hosea. If I'm playing, you know, Matthew or John, one of these, you know, tried and true competitors, then I'm a little bit worried. But you know, Hosea is not scaring me. All right, all right. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I hear you. All right, so we got one. That, that, that's that's definitely the the, the uh, you know eleven five bracket. You know, what is it? Twelve five. Yeah, twelve five. Yeah, yeah, twelve five. Yeah, yeah. There you go. Right. Yeah. yeah. Certainly. Yeah. Okay. All right. So we got Ecclesiastes. What other sleepers do you yeah. have? Here's another one. Daniel. Um, Daniel is. It's one of those that you learn as a kid. You all learn. You learn a lot of stories from Daniel as a kid. Um, I actually compared Daniel to Butler. I don't know if you guys remember, but Butler was a team that a couple of years ago lost in two oh, yeah. championships in a row, even though they were an eight seed, I think, yeah. both times. 
and they lost to Duke, which was or they had they, they they battled Duke and they battled another big program. So it was the little guy playing the big guy, which kind of reminds me of Daniel uh, going up against King Nebuchadnezzar. So I like I, I could be wrong about this, but I was looking at Daniel's matchups. I think Daniel could make a pretty good run. Um, and Job, too. Well, and I think the stories that you know you're going to stick with, possibly, for, for people who are voting at home. Yeah, Daniel's got the Son of Man, and it's got right, you know right. the, the, the oven, and it's got the lion's den, which which ties back into, uh, uh, you know, you've got Bell and the Dragon, but also Habakkuk. You know, you've got Habakkuk being transported over. Right, uh, well, and yeah. that's that's an interesting thing with Daniel. Okay, so the first round matchup, maybe we'd say it's pretty easy. You got third Maccabees, not going to be something most near. They're not a program most people are familiar with. But you think about, but <laughs> but if you think about Daniel like this, right? Um, they probably wouldn't be a sleeper. They would, you know, they would have been seated probably a lot higher had had they not lost uh, some of you know some of their kind of key components, right? Uh, so uh, we have these additions separated out, right? right? Bell and the Dragon, Susanna, some of these, um, you know, what Prayer of Azariah, these these um, these kind of key components that would really, uh, um, I think, kind of strengthen Daniel's game uh, pulled out. So that's why you have them kind of dropping down. I think that's interesting. A couple injuries on day, on day. Yeah. right? And here and here they are. We're how far they'll go. But I like Daniel. I think Daniel can make a move. And the other one, again, I wanted to brag it in front of me because I can't tell you. First Thessalonians, for whatever reason, you know, people, maybe maybe more people know that's, that was the first letter Paul wrote, and so maybe they're going to get on board with I like First Thessalonians. It was, I remember writing a couple papers about it. I enjoy that one. I believe that at the end of First Thessalonians, when everybody's freaking out about what's going to happen to the people yeah. who have died, is that correct? Yeah. That's right. That, yep. That's right. So good. Right. Yeah, I like First Thessalonians. It's got a little character to it for Paul. Which is saying something. Is that too harsh <laughs> to be on Paul? Am I being too harsh on Paul? No, not not for this show. <laughs> well, I, for this show. I think it's it, I think it's kind of like the an East Coast versus West Coast like football style. You know, like you've got the ACC, you know, hard running. You've got the 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 West Coast Pac-10. You're you're throwing the ball a lot. First Thessalonians, and you know, if Job makes it out of the first round against Obadiah, like Job versus First Thessalonians, kind of is a either or type yeah. matchup you know like it, it kind of shows what what you prefer yeah that's true first Thessalonians versus Job two completely different books with two completely different purposes so you're, you're completely correct it's just kind of what your preference is and Sam you're an Old Testament guy right so you you may lean toward Job I, I may you know there's a re- reason first Thessalonians got the first round by right this is true yeah yeah I mean that's in their fifth seed I mean yeah, it's hard to beat. Right, right. Know, Five overall, exactly. So, there's a strong, strong showing there in the regular season by First Thessalonians. Right. Well, and the and the only other gripe I had one more thing on the list, but basically was the only gripe I have of, of if who's watching from the couch at home right now is the infancy gospel of Thomas. Uh, I thought they may deserve to get seated, especially over the secret gospel of Mark. That's just a personal preference. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> Right. Yeah, that, that was the a team tough that one. might not even show up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. They, they, you know, quite literally. And you know, and I like the revela- revelation of Peter. I don't think it made the cut. But right. uh, but I mean, overall, uh, when you have ninety plus well seasons um, through, Mark and Psalms is really the only one I've got beef with. Because I think both of those teams had the potential to make a deep run, and we're not going to see it. Obviously, with the voting that we did earlier on Twitter, or that um, Twitter poll out. We yeah. know that Mark is the most well 
light of the Gospels, um, and therefore you got to think it's going to get past Psalms. Yeah, that's that's going to be a tough one. Yeah, you guys have to battle that one out. So yeah. that's the that's the main that's yeah. the main sports list we've got here. Um, you know, David, I think King David, you know, he's play a big role. He wants to out personally. You never know what's going to happen there. He could go deep too. He's got a lot of stories. A lot of stories with David. That's true. Kind of yeah, casting a yeah. big shadow he's, over over the bracket. That's right. He is. He's kind of the uh, what, what's the what's the guy who's the coach at uh, Louisville. Wait, what's that? that was David Rick Pitino is um, Yeah, Rick Rick Pitino, yeah. right? Like like yeah. he's he's coached a lot of like coached a lot and he you know kinda of throws a big big shadow around. Yes, and Rick Pitino is also currently in a little uh to the recruiting, have you guys heard about this? And the recruiting, they have big recruiting violations that have to last David back. No. Yeah. So I'm just thinking, Rick Pitino and David, it's got it. Also, you know, Rick Pitino went from Louisville to Kentucky, which was a pretty big thing. You know, that's a big rivalry, which kind of also reminded me of Paul going from Saul to Paul. So I'm telling you, you you could do whatever you want to with this tournament. You could make as many analogies as you wanted to. <laughs> So you know it's 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 sort of like when the prophet tells David, you know, like, hey, you're you're in trouble, and David says, nah, I'm I'm going to take that vineyard. <laughs> it's kind of what happens with uh, Patina, yeah, right? Awesome. That's right. That's pretty much it. You got it. So true. That's a good one. Yeah, these are these are great. I, yeah, I kind of feel like we could um, we could just keep going with this. It really is kind of no end to <laughs> to these analogies here. This is so good. All right, let's um let's do this. You're going to stay on with us and uh, do and talk about the first four matchups. Yeah, I'll, I'll be glad. Yeah, I'll be, I'll, I'll let you guys do most of the talk. I'll fill in whenever I need. You you can add right. the um. We'll be the color commentators, and you can add the analysis. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I'm gonna make a um, I'm gonna make a set for each of our scores. All right, so we've got Leviticus versus Zephaniah. and you wanna you wanna say something like uh, I don't know what do you think, Thomas? They each, there, there's like five points apiece for each of us. And whoever comes out with the most points wins, or, or do you just want to give it a final score? Wait, so how are we? So what are we voting on? Uh, we we decided to uh, just vote on on our preferences. <laughs> oh yeah, that was <laughs> no. I mean, um, no, we're given so like if I, I pick a winner, um, that gets five points. Yeah, you, you could say like like three points for Leviticus and two points for Zephaniah. And then I might say three points and two points. Oh, we can split and it. David like might that. say one point. Okay. Four. Yeah. Right. So you can get you can get points based on style or 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 you know whatever. I like that. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> and we'll this love, is scientific. Yeah. This is super super scientific. Um, yeah. That's good. Okay. So you got five points each matchup to use. Use them however you want. Right. That's what we're going yeah, with. Right. Exactly. Right, I've exactly. got five. You've got five. David's got five. Um, so if there's a tie, then. Um, Jesus decides. Things are getting, things make it interesting. Uh, <laughs> I was going to say, this is big news to me. I didn't know Jesus was the tiebreaker. <laughs> well, you know, or, or Bill Nye, or uh, we could, uh, rock, paper, scissors. I've got dice. We can, we can do random.org. We could, <laughs> no, that's we can right. cast lots for these decisions. Yeah. Um, Knuckle or bands. you rub your WWJD bracelet, you know, um, in front of a mirror 
and say WWJD yeah. three times in a row, and then Jesus shows up and tells you who wins the matchup. Okay, so let's, let's go. The first matchup. I do that every Leviticus, night. I don't know what you're talking about. Every night. Uh, Leviticus versus <laughs> Zephaniah. Um, I'm not going to lie. This was a this was a kind of a tough matchup for me, um, for a number of reasons. Um, I think Leviticus gets a bad rap, right? <laughs> you think? Yeah. <laughs> so Leviticus. I mean, right? It's like it's not that Leviticus like plays dirty necessarily. Um, and in fact, you might say it's the other way around, right? Leviticus is all about following the rules, but wants everybody else to follow the rules too. Um, you know, he just wants the game called a certain way. Um, I don't know. So, so you obviously have the holiness code in Leviticus, um, which is interesting. You got a lot of baggage there, uh, particularly with you know, um, you know, rules about sexuality and stuff like that. And you've also got a lot of baggage there with. And it's maybe not necessarily tied to Leviticus, but I think it's part of Leviticus's history is um, kind of the rise of supersessionism, right? Where, you know, you know, some Christians will say that, well, um, the work that Jesus did supersedes, um, you know, any promise that God made with the Jews about, you know, what they needed to do. Um, and I, I think it's kind of hard to read Leviticus and not think about the supersessionism aspect, at least for me. Um and then also with the holiness thing, you get this idea, right? It, it's kind of hard. So, we're, you know, we've got the Wikipedia links for each of these books for you to look at. And, you know, in large, uh, you know, large measure, they're, they're pretty decent. They're not bad. Um, but the, the, the Levitic, Leviticus one, the way it talks about holiness is just, I mean, it's really bad, right? Um, I mean, it's, it's not even like Mary Douglas level. It's, you know, very, very bad. But, um, you know, when I think of, when you talk about le- holiness in Leviticus, you're actually talking about this concept of being set apart, right? Um, and and not like holy, kind of the way a lot of people think about it. Like I think the Wikipedia page there says something about you know the godness of God, which is not not the right way to think about holiness, right? So so the kind of be holy because I'm holy. You know, you're God's people, so you have to be holy like God. But that just means, you know, your God's set apart, and so you've got to be set apart, and these are rules to kind of help you be set apart. Yeah, and, and, and you get, you know, it's mostly P if, if you're going to go with, right. you know, Velhausen and JDP stuff. You know, it's it's got that strong priestly code writing, but it does have the holiness code, which I do love. Like, it's hard to, I mean, that's that's a big one. Yeah, so, so okay, so that's Leviticus. Um, uh, Zephaniah... So there are a lot of things that I like in Zephaniah, right? Um, the preference for the humble, the lame, and the outcast. Um, I really like that. The kind of anti-pride stuff, which seems very prescient right now. Um, but then you have this kind of constant day of the Lord talk. Um, and some of it is, uh, you know, not it's not very hopeful. Um, no, I mean, none of the prophets are hopeful. That's, that's, their, that's their strength, that's you know. That's true. So, I don't know, those are my initial thoughts on Leviticus, Zephaniah. I'll let you share yours, and I'll think about um, how I want to score this. All right, so I'm thinking Leviticus gets, a, like you said, a bum rap, because they are kind of the bullies of, of the tournament. You know, like they kind of come in, they're they're, uh, they're kind of the Michigan <laughs> of the tournament. Ooh, ooh. Nice, nice. You know, they're, they're, call, they're calling timeouts, you know, and, and that kind of thing. Um, you know, they, they throw elbows. 
because because they're confident and they've 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 got a tradition behind them. Um, but but I like Leviticus for for the core strengths of what it brings to the table. Whereas Zephaniah, I mean, I love it. It's you know you've got Habakkuk right right before it, which we're going to talk about in a second, and then you have a guy right after it, and you know it's it's sort of this little forgotten book, but it, it's it plays a big role in terms of um. You know what's going on in Judah at the time, and and you know the, the tradition of being from the monarchic period. Maybe it was during the reign of Manasseh. There's all kinds of, of fun, you know, speculation there. Um, but the song of joy at the end really doesn't wrap it up well. Yeah, you know. So I, I, I think it starts off strong. Uh, you know, yeah. So like the judgment stuff, actually, I think it's it's kind of the the strength of Zephaniah. But I think. You know, you go through the the judgment, then the wickedness of, of Jerusalem, and then you get the song of joy at the end, and it, it just doesn't tie things up as well. Whereas in, in Leviticus, you get this, um, you know, this passing off to Aaron, and, and all of a sudden, we're talking about blood and, and holiness codes and the God of gods and that kind of thing. And you know, it, it feels like you're going somewhere. So I'm, I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to go four points with Leviticus and one point for Zephaniah. Wow. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. All right. <clears throat> David, what do you got? Listen, you were talking earlier about flyover states. These are both flyover books of the Old Testament. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> this, this is a Thursday, 1232 game yep. in the yep. afternoon that nobody's watching. They're <laughs> making this sound like it's competitive. I don't even care. I personally, preference. my personal preference would be Leviticus 3-2. Leviticus is entertaining because we're, for some reason, still talking about it today. So I'm going Leviticus 3 points to 2 points over Zephaniah, but I'm, but I'm telling you that nobody's watching this matchup at home. <laughs> wow, That's straight good. into the point. Okay, so you went 4-1 Flyover Leviticus. Um, David went 3-2. Uh, I think I'm going to have to go 3-2 Leviticus as well because Leviticus cast a big shadow, right? David's point is absolutely right. We're still talking about it today, which just says a whole lot. Um, so that means that we've got our, we've got our first winner in the tournament. First one moving on to, to, uh, round two in Leviticus there. Really, really tough matchup in Ezekiel. So, um, you know, enjoy the trip. Leviticus It's probably going to be short. Yeah. I, I don't think that's going to be your Cinderella moment. So Thomas, are you watching? Can you see this on, on the challenge thing? Oh no, I've got it up. I, I don't have it. Let me see. Did you see if it like refreshed in, in live? Uh, it did. Okay. Well, now yes, it is live, and we see right there yes. the bracket just updated. Leviticus sixty-four seed going up um, in round two against Ezekiel, the number one overall seed. Hey, that's cool. So okay. this is a play-in game right. for Leviticus, and we know what usually happens there. So, and then we're going to have 2 Corinthians versus Matthew, which is going to be really interesting um, in round two. Um, I, I, I don't know what to, what to make of either one of those, but today we're going to stick with the round one, and that's going to be Bell and the Dragon versus Habakkuk. And the winner's going to take on the very highly rated, but I think underrated Gospel of Mary, <laughs> which, you know, yeah. if the team exists, <laughs> right. maybe they'll show up. <laughs> um, so... Bell and the Dragon and Habakkuk, what do you think? I want to act like this was a tough decision. I actually do really like a lot 
of Habakkuk. I like a lot of what I see. Um, <clears throat> there's a lot of, they got a lot of pride, right? Um, in, in Habakkuk, but I mean, for me, I'd, I'm probably going to go five O Bell and the dragon. Um, you've got, wow. Really? You've got a dragon. Okay. Um, <laughs> There's no oh okay so you got a dragon you you've got you've got Daniel being super clever spreading the ashes you got the priest inside this huge statue of Bell uh, eating all of the food um, I mean like very anti p right anti priesthood um, and I mean so you got this kind of you, you got the cleverness there with the ashes so you can see the footprints and the king is like oh my goodness I had no idea so um, yeah I think it's um. Yeah, I don't know. I, I just think it's it's so interesting. You, you have Habakkuk. Right? I mean, that's the thing is like Bell and ha- Bell and the Dragon actually also has Habakkuk too, right? So Habakkuk like comes and gives food to Daniel in Bell and the Dragon. Um, so it's kind of like I don't know. I mean, I'm not sure how how Habakkuk can win that if if they're actually kind of helping the other team out. Wow. All right. What do you, what do you think, David? So this is I, I like to I'm going to keep bringing this back to basketball and I'm going to keep the insurance right here, guys. Bell and the Dragon is selling a ton of jerseys at the games and they're and they're definitely some badass colors. That's what I know about Bell and the Dragon. They have the fans standing in their seats because it's it's entertaining and like and my Thomas brought my point. I was really hoping to use this and he uses because he's back in Bell and the Dragon. Most people. Don't know about Bell and the Dragon. I feel like I mean, if you go to if you go to Eastside Baptist Church, man, I think you're sweeping out. I don't think a single person's going to Bell and the Dragon. So for that reason, I'm going. I'm devoted to Bell and the Dragon as well. A five-zero. Another another five-zero. Um, it's those five-zero. Five-zero. It's yeah. You know, you don't like wow, to say it's well, impossible for somebody to come back, but I think in this position, it's impossible for Habakkuk <laughs> to come back. <laughs> See, uh, and, and I was going to say, I like Habakkuk because Habakkuk uh, has that Akkadian side yeah. of things. Like, there, there's a strong indication this was a you know Persian Persian Jewish community. Um, you know, writing like like the name Habakkuk itself. Like, there's no analog in, in any other scripture or Hebrew text that we have, and it's very close to an Akkadian word. Um, so there, there's this like weirdness to Habakkuk, and, and we have the Donatello statue, which is on the Wikipedia page. But you, you've got that kind of Akkadian side of things, which I love, being someone who's a big fan of Assyria. Um, so, uh, and, and plus, you know, Bell and the Dragon, it, it's not derivative of Habakkuk, but there's only one other place Habakkuk shows up, and that's in Bell and the Dragon. So... I was gonna have to go four one. Four one, okay. With uh, Habakkuk, yeah. Wow. But uh, that's still not gonna be enough to. Uh, that's not. Out. That is not good enough. So Habakkuk gets absolutely blown out uh, in round yeah. one. Probably, um, you know, product of the matchup there. But um, I, I guess Habakkuk yeah. can can go home and and stand on his rampart again, uh, like he doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, all right. So this next one's going to be a little more difficult. Yes. We've got Philippians, classic text yes. from the New yep. Testament. Everybody, everybody loves Philippians. We've got you know the the classic Christ hymn. We've got Paul really wrestling with theology. This is actually something that Paul wrote. And then we have Tobit. 
and you either really love Tobit or or you've never heard of Tobit. I, I think that's the the two distinctions that people I have. I think that's right. Yeah. Uh, and whoever wins goes against Ezra, which is, I I think kind of the you know the, they're kind of propped up. So this this could be a big one. Like if you win this one, you you could go far. Wow. Okay. So you're saying Ezra lucky with the first round by there we'll talk about that a little bit later yeah um okay yeah maybe kind of riding the nehemiah coattails we'll see Um, exactly exactly yeah Yeah. (laughs) okay so philippians uh versus tobit so this is this is tough right so you got tobit being blind you got you got this you know really interesting um bit where you have this you know really attractive woman named sarah who keeps marrying uh men and a demon keeps coming and killing all of them on the mar- on the wedding night before they can consummate the marriage. Um, but then Tobit is able to consummate the marriage because an angel helps him out with a fish and burning this and mixing that and that kind of stuff. Um, it's a really interesting, uh, I, I think, a great story in Tobit. But I, I think with Philippians, um, it's uh, I don't know the Christ him. You you it's it's kind of hard to. I mean that's tough, right? Um, I mean, what the Christ hymn is? What like a box in one? Like it's just classic. It's solid. There's a reason you keep coming back to it. Um. So this this is tough for me. If you don't know the Christ hymn in chapter two in Philippians, it's it's you know thought by a lot of people to be kind of the earliest um, like Christological hymn, kind of you know putting together some some concepts about um, you know maybe who Christ was. So, um, I don't. I mean, I don't know. For me, Philippians is going to edge Tobit out here, um, and, and they're going to pull away late. I think, and so it's probably going to end up four-one. Philippians over Tobit. Wow, I did not. I did not see Philippians playing that strong for you. I mean, so you got you got actual Pauline authorship, which goes a long way, right? That definitely weights very heavy. Um, I mean, there's nothing like having the original flavor, or, or does it? <laughs> Maybe not. <laughs> but um, but not having Pauline authorship and claiming to have it is going to work against you, I think, later in the, the tournament. <laughs> so, <laughs> poor Colossians. All right, David, so Philippians, here's, Tobit. Here's a question I want to know. Genre? What would you put in? Because from the description I just heard from Thomas, I'm going sexual thriller. Is am I right on this? Is that what it sounds like? Um, I would say, I would say Tobit is kind of like Blade Runner, where Tobit doesn't realize <laughs> he's a prophet until the very end, when he, you know, when he, when he gets to where he's going. Yeah, you know, no, but along no. the way, he's kind of he's kind of stumbling along. So here, here's one criteria that I'm going to use in my short one-day uh, stint as a judge, and it goes back uh, to one of the earlier matchups as well. When's the last time you heard Tobit being preached? Obviously never. Philippians uh, is a pretty popular book uh, to go through among Christians. Also, you also have chapter 2, as Thomas mentioned. And I'm not familiar with Tobit. I'm saying this study as a religious study student. I'm disappointed in myself. But I'm going Philippians. I'll go four one to keep to give Tobit a point. That way, Sam, uh, you still have uh, to see on your vote, I guess. <laughs> so that's interesting, right? It, it's kind of how, like, um, when when you go to do your your bracket in, in March for that little basketball tournament that they have. Right. Um, 
you know, you, you go down and you're like, I don't know, I haven't watched it all year, but I've never heard of Florida Gulf Coast. So I'm definitely going to vote against them. Right. <laughs> yeah, you, you're, you're both terrible. I'm going to give five to Tobit five. and uh, zero. Because Tobit is a much better book. It's a good story. And it, it's got Nineveh in the book, which wins points with me. But well, that's, not, that's enough. not quite enough. So eight seven. Tobit loses by Tobit, one wow. point eight so, seven. So a strong showing actually there from Tobit. Uh, there's a lot oh. to like in Tobit, you know. So um, that breaks my better heart. luck. Better luck next time. Breaks my heart. All right, we're we're only forty minutes in. Do you want to try to do one or two more? Yeah, we can try to. We can try to do it on the fly. Um, I mean, we should all know these anyway. Right. So. <laughs> All right, so do you have time, David? Yeah, man, I'm good. All right, so we've got the Apocryphon of John. Funny name, it rhymes. And Micah. And everyone knows Micah 6-8. No one knows the preceding six chapters. <laughs> right. But, <laughs> it, you know, they, they have they have LeBron on their team, or, 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 or Seventh Woods, you know. Like, they, they have this huge player on their team that, that's awesome. So, uh, what do you think, Thomas? So, yeah, the, this is a really tough one for me. Um, obviously, Micah six eight weighs uh, pretty heavily. Um, I do, in general, like you know, kind of the minor prophets. Though I now see that we've gone against two of them already, um, because you know they got a good message, um, kind of you know anti like gaining wealth at the expense of the poor. Um, anti-pride, things like that, which are which are really good, um, kind of consistently time, timeless, um, timely messages. Micah 6-8 uh, weighs really, really heavily. Well, the Apocryphon of John, you've obviously got a really fantastic Gnostic text. Um, really, really interesting, right? kind of explaining the monad and Sophia, explaining um, kind of where Yadabaot came from, which is the kind of uh, the this Gnostic um, being who is the ruler of this world, um, and and you have Eve being created to basically help liberate Adam from the kind of the world that Yaldabaoth uh, controls. Um, so super interesting. Um, I don't know. This is really tough for me. I think I'm gonna have to go. Three two apocryphon of John. Wow, that's kind of an upset. Three I two. Th- yeah, this is an upset for me. Um, it, but the thing is, it, it's just like like LeBron can't win the game by himself. I don't think Micah six eight can win this just by just on its own. All right. Yeah, I mean, I feel David? the same. The exact same way. Big, as I said before the show, Micah six eight, uh, really popular verse. Uh, big fan of it as well. But to call it the SBJ at UNC, Secret Book of John, said the Apocrypha of John. Um, one of my favorite texts in general. Big fan of it. It's one of the ma- you know, it's one of the only full versions of the Gnostic myth you get. Right. Um, so much good storytelling there, and I think it's. I mean, if you sat down to read it, you know, it's I don't know, fifteen twenty pages, but it, it's a great outline. It's a mosaic of uh, a lot of platonic ideals. You get a as you said. Um, 
And by the way, I'm moving my hands around. Like, I feel like I'm on television. I feel like I'm talking like, I feel like I'm John Gruden doing the Monday Night Football game when I'm talking about the secret book of John. It's, just, it's really a shame. But, uh, uh, yeah, so the, the character of Sophia has wisdom. Carrie Micah 6-8. I love her. Uh, and, and what she represents, so to speak. So I'm going to go Apocrypha to John 3-2 as well, which is going to give... Sam, that means that you're the decision-maker here. Woo! <sighs> All right, so it's 6-4 right now. This is a... It's a tough one, because I... I mean, I, I love the Gnostic side of things, and I know both of you do as well. But I am, um, I'm an OT guy. I love my minor prophets. And I mean, Micah, you know, it's the end of the, the Tanakh and it's, it's powerful. Um, but it, but it's so close. I, I feel like I would be cheating if I went four once. I'm going to have to do the same thing and go three, two, but go three, two for Micah. So that's going to give Apocryphon of John eight points and Micah is going to have... Seven. Seven. Wow, another close matchup. Another really close another matchup. Another close one. There. Yeah, I thought Mike was going to pull that one out. Really did. But Apocryphon of John now is going to have to go up against Romans. So. Yeah, you guys Good realize the that big when, dance. When, you, when you're just doing this with you two, you guys might have a lot of time. You might be calling on Jesus quite a lot. Yeah, this is true. I know. This is really true. We're, we're going to have mechanisms in place. Yeah. That's why we we needed a yeah. third. You might could do you <laughs> might could do a fan vote on Twitter if you have a tie or something like that. You never know. That's a good yeah. idea. Yeah. That's a good idea. Um, all right, let's. So you want to keep going? We'll do uh, two more matchups? You think? Yeah, I've got time. All right. Um, so the next matchup, uh, again a big matchup, <laughs> but we know uh, where we already uh, know where Sam's <laughs> going to fall on this. It's Axe. <laughs> Book of Acts or the Acts of the Apostles, if you like, versus Second Samuel. So we'll let you start on this one, Sam. Okay, I'm going to open with this. Acts is one of my go-to books for Sunday School series. So once at my previous church, I did an 18-month, no lie, series on Acts. <laughs> and by the end, everyone knew every verse of Acts, and it was great. And, and we were a New Testament church. Um, I, I do like Acts. It's it's probably my favorite book in the New Testament, and I, I think the the real holdup with Acts is that to me Acts is kind of like Iowa State. There's always a lot of promise, and you want to pull for Iowa State going back to like 2000, but they they just never can can pull it together you know and they might get into the sweet 16 and then you get really excited and it just falls apart because it, it acts of the apostles is promising this apostolic story and it's just about peter and paul you know and then and, and yeah there's some saint stephen in there and the grateful dead loves that and i, I love that too um but but you, you never get the, the full story and i want to know what happens to that community and, and acts really can't make itself up in terms of is this a first person book or is this a third person book and then you get the whole luke stuff and you know it's just it's 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 too confusing so second samuel for me is one of those touchstone books so second samuel has so much of, of the canonical history of the or the theological history i guess of you know what we get when we get to david 
and David has such a shadow over this whole uh, this whole tournament. Like we said, he's kind of the Dean Smith of, of the tournament, or 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 they, whoever. He's kind of the uh, the boss hogger of the tournament. So so for me, I, I got to go Second Samuel. Um, just just for the many awesome verses and and wonderful stories in there. So I'm gonna go four one for Second Samuel. Okay. Um. So. Here's what I'm. Here's what I think. Um, I don't know the uh, the Acts of the Apostles. Hey, David, you got a little bit of wind, I think, over your mic. Um, that's better. Thanks. Um, so it's it's because you're out there and um, you know what some people in Idaho. Call country out there in Idaho. <laughs> on the prairie. Um, yeah, out there on the prairie doing. Um, that's right. That's me. Thinking Religion Bible Bracket Challenge. Um, <laughs> just living the dream. All right, so Acts versus Second Samuel. This is. I, I think you're right. There's a there's a lot of really great material in Second Samuel. There. Um, the problem is, I don't think a lot of people know about it, and and a lot of people know the Acts. Uh, you've also got the tradition with Luke, right? You can't kind of um, just throw that away way you've got the rich history and the tradition there with the book of acts you do have some questionable uh timeline uh, going on here in the book of acts um not clear that it actually lines up it doesn't actually line up with timeline to get in galatians for instance um but but it's just such a foundational text right um and one of the things that you know i really like the beginning of acts where the disciples are looking up. They watch Jesus ascend into heaven, and and they're essentially kind of like, "Okay, when are you coming back?" And then an angel shows up and's like, "What are y'all doing?" He's not coming back. Like right now, get to work. Like there's, you got to like live this life, right? Um, and, and I really like that. Uh, you've obviously got the Pentecost story there. You've got so many other um, good stories with Cornelius, right, and the vision with the sheet coming down with the animals on it. Um, you got the. You do have the stoning of Stephen, uh, the first martyr. Um, so there's so much in Acts. I mean, it's it to me is so deep. I I get what you're saying, but it, it's not clear about who it wants to be, right? It's not clear if it wants to, um, you know, stick to the box and one, or if it wants to try to play, you know, spread, or you know, it's maybe not clear exactly who it wants to be. Um, and it's probably a, quite a bit resting on its Pauline laurels. Right, because it's like you said, it's oh, it's about the acts, but it's really about Peter and Paul, and really halfway through, it's just about Paul. After that, um, I don't know. So for me, I'm definitely got to go with with acts, and uh, I'm going to go actually four one acts. So we're tied right now. I, I knew I knew you were going to do that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, that that puts the onus on you. David, you, you get to decide the fate of these two very important books, Guys, Acts I, of the Apostles. I, I felt a lot of pressure in my life. Nothing like it's I'm like feeling right now. I mean, this is. This <laughs> I know. I know. I, I mean, like this I'm, is this is uh this is huge. You know, you people, you you know, you brought up Michigan earlier when Chris Weber called the timeout. and He didn't have one. That's what I feel right now. Like I understand why you made that mistake. The nerves are setting in here. I all right. Here here's something that I think is interesting. Thomas brought up. Uh, you know, you brought up the ascension. Which correct me if I'm wrong here. Uh, when we're talking about seams of inconsistency in Acts, 
Uh, Luke ends with Jesus ascending in one place. Uh, Acts begins with him ascending somewhere else. There are some scenes of inconsistency within Acts. You do get a yep. lot of, and I'm, as I'm writing my thesis on uh, uh, women in the early Jesus' ministry, you do get a lot of uh, women in Acts. This I believe it's almost an entire chapter, right, where Paul begins to list off some of the women who have been helping him with his uh, in his ministry. Am I right on that? Yep, this is, yeah, that's yeah, right. That's where true. you get Unia, right, the first female apostle, exactly. But let me tell you, here's, here's something that you can't deny about Acts. At, I've been leading youth group in my church this past year. We went through Acts this last semester, and kids were falling asleep left and right. The youth don't <laughs> like Acts. <laughs> There's not a, like like poor Eutychus in the window. <laughs> yeah. You know? It, it, was, to Paul uh, it was a little bit of the of the guy who was teaching. It was a little bit of his fault. He was going way too long for for some sixth and seventh graders, but they were getting nothing out of it. And if we're doing Second Samuel, they're getting something out of it. They're in interested in second samuel i think a little bit more narrative wise um and i yeah. also know this is like i feel like this is sam's book so i feel like i can't knock out the yeah. first round i'm gonna go because of the scenes of inconsistency and acts but i like acts i'm torn here if i could tie it i would but instead i'm gonna go three two second samuel oh wow <clears throat> so a squeaker there for second samuel to get out of the first round wow. a tough matchup a really tough matchup against acts that's that's kind of an upset yeah, I think That's Paul's huge. definitely now, second, over in his grave. He's, he's probably upset right now. He, well, you know, Luke and Paul. Right. right. But now now second Samuel has Haggai in the second round, which, I don't know. I, I don't think that's going to be a big big challenge. But then after that, they've got their winner of Romans versus the Apocrypha of John. It's going to be tough for them to get out of Oof. round three, if they make it to round three, yeah. Um, I don't know. All right, second Chronicles and Joel. Sam, why don't you lead us off on this one? All right, we all know Chronicles is derivative of Kings and whatever. Second Chronicles has a, a fun story to it because it, it does have the Greek influence. Um, but that's all you got. I, I like First Chronicles better. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, you know, like like First Chronicles has has such a better setup. Uh, it feels like, I mean, it was all one book originally, right? But the, the way that Second Chronicles ends, or the way that Second Chronicles kind of, as we've received it, wraps up things, doesn't do the same job as what Second Kings does, which is masterful. I love Second Kings and Second Samuel. So for me, First Chronicles is is fantastic, but the derivative Second Chronicles not so much. Joel uh, or Joel, as we would say in Hebrew, right? Yeah. Um, is um, it's 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 kind of a troublesome book because it's a little like uh, Zephaniah, you know, like it's it's short. There's a lot of doom and gloom. Uh, there's not a whole lot of of uplifting promise to it. Uh, both of those are are kind of um, hand wringing books. I'm gonna go three two Second Chronicles. Oh wow, okay, you switched it up there. Right at the end on me. I was no, I was just trying to. I was trying to get the lead in. I mean, I, I like Joel or Joel. Uh, I think Joel is is. Um, I think I think it's a wonderful book if you sit down and read it. But I mean, as David keeps saying, like it, it doesn't inform or impact outside of the book of the twelve. You know, like you, you get you get the minor prophets there, and it, it's a fun read on the way through. But there's not a lot of layover into other books, and it doesn't. 
have that same punch as something like you you can get out of Second Chronicles if, if you want to, you know, really really push the issue. Okay, um, that's yeah, that's interesting to to think about it like that. Um, you know, I don't know. I actually think I do think Joel has an impact beyond. Um, just the book of the 12, right? You've got quotations or allusions or whatever kind of showing up um, in multiple places in the New Testament, uh, which is, um, I think we might have just lost David there. Um, got some allusions showing up in the in the Old Testament there. Let's see, do we want to try to get him back? Let's see if we can do Let me see if I can. While you're, okay. while, yeah, you keep yep. talking. I'll see if I can get him back. So, um, so that that to me uh, shows that even though right Joel may be like a mid major right small school, um, they definitely got a lot to offer, uh, and it's something that other people are picking up. Um, and and for me, Second Chronicles suffers a lot from not being First Chronicles. Um, right? It's um, yeah, I, I can agree with that. I mean, it's 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 not it doesn't feel as important, even though it's you know it's one scroll that. that the time, but it, it doesn't feel like First Chronicles with all of its flaws. Yeah, so um, I think I've got to go with uh, I think I've got to go three two Joel, um, which means that we're tied here again. So um, so we definitely need to get David back on here if we can. So let's. Uh... <laughs> all right, so I'm trying to, but in the meantime, what I thought about was that. You know, we would have our three two rounds, and then we would each get um, I don't know, not, not, not maybe a, a certain number of points or some kind of uh, some kind of like a decider thing. You know what I mean? Like a yeah, like a trump card. Yeah, so you can either go like a one or a negative one, or or you know something like that. Okay. Um, based on based on your personal influence or, or, you know, what, what you ascribe to, uh, something being influenced. Okay. I like that. How many of those did we get? I don't know. I'm trying to, let's see. Let, let me see if I can get him back. Of course we lost him right at the last All moment. Right. All right. Uh, people did this call. Let me see. Yep. Like, it's not going through. Add people to this call. Mm. I don't know. What What do you think about the the points thing? You have any other ideas? Yeah, I think I think we get um, we get a couple of those cards to play for the like per round, right? So the first round maybe we get two of those cards to play. Second round we get one card to play or something like that yeah that could work that could be a way to do it um yeah all right okay well i mean we can save this one for next week second chronicles versus joel we could we could put up to twitter let's um or we can just make a decision yeah <laughs> or we can just we can just text david here um oh yeah yeah just text him and see what he says Meanwhile, Hobby Lobby, while, while Thomas is doing that, um, go check the news. Wow, they, they really got in some um, 
breaking stuff today. I mean, uh, Canada Moss actually reported on this way back, uh, what, 2015, but evidently Hobby Lobby is now being sued by the New York State Attorney General for importing $3 million, uh, agrees to pay $3 million. They're, they're importing Iraqi artifacts, uh, calling them samples and boxes. And that's the Green family who is behind the Bible Museum up in D.C. Not that we're trying to slander them, but yikes. That's um, that's some interesting stuff going on there with uh, the importation of, of relics and, and um, not, not relics, but, but antiquities or whatever you want to call them. Um, that That's really concerning in, in a couple of different ways in terms of you know how we appropriate the past and and what we do with with uh, these types of corporate funded kind of kind of mission oriented museums that are popping up like the Bible Museum for instance trying to show like oh well this Akkadian text has a text about the flood so therefore the flood happened and we're seeing more and more and more of, of that happening with things like the Creation Museum and the the people in Kentucky building the huge life-size ark. Um, and that's that's all kind of being funded with, with corporate money rather than something like public money. So, I don't know. That, that, that really upsets me on a number of levels. Not just because, you know, it's a misappropriation of, of antiquities, but also with the, um, you know, importation of things from Iraq that... that you know, ISIS probably you know had a hand. Right. On. Yeah. And this is a this is a really right. big issue. Um, I mean, it's an issue when you're dealing with antiquities anyway with this year provenance, right? Where does it come from? We need to have like good, yeah. solid, traceable provenance. You know, history of the artifact, and you have uh, some people like the Green family that apparently have not been uh, doing that like it's supposed to be. And they're let's just be honest. There are reasons. If you have an artifact, if it actually is old and you don't have a provenance to share, there's a reason for it usually. Okay. Um, and that's usually not a good reason. <clears throat> we know that a lot of things are showing up um, on the antiquities black market that uh, are es- essentially uh, being uh, sold by ISIS to fund some of their work. Uh, we know they're showing up in places like, you know, Britain and some other places in the West. Um, and people want these artifacts and uh, don't don't really care where they came from or what the money's going to. And, and so that that's a really big problem. I'm not saying that's exactly what the Green family is doing. What they were doing is they were trying to pass off these as like samples, uh, you know, clay tablets. Like they're just examples. They're not actual artifacts. And so not having to make kind of all the declarations they need to have the provenance that they need to. And, um, and that's a really big problem. And then it, it exacerbates itself because they have a lot of money and they want to fund people to do the research that they want them to do, which is a really big problem. And the academic study of religion is where's the money coming from. Um, And, you know, when you have them saying, Hey, we have this text, we want you to look at it. We want you to publish it, you know, work on it. um, And we have money to pay you to do that. That's a really attractive thing to a scholar that happens to work in that language or that time period or, or whatever. Um, But, you know, there are, there are questions that surround that. Um, you know, what, what's the money, you know, where's the money coming from? What's the purpose for which this is going to be used? Are they going to have, uh, you know, say over my scholarship? 
um, all that kind of stuff. How's it going to be used in their museum, etc. So it create there are a lot of kind of larger issues uh, that come with this. It's really interesting to kind of watch. I mean, obviously we knew about that. We know about this for a couple of years because of the great work of Canada Moss and Joel Baden. Uh, they actually broke this uh, back in 2015 for the Daily Beast, uh, and it's not often that you have scholars of antiquity, which both of them are, um, breaking you know modern news stories about FBI investigations. Um, well, and, and we talked about right. it back in 2015 as well. Right, exactly. So it's kind of coming back now um, uh, with you know some you know some new developments in the story. So it's definitely going to be interesting to watch uh, and see what happens. You know, um, I, I'm not keeping I'm not giving my hopes up uh, with what's going to happen here, but it's definitely something we're keeping an eye on. For sure. All right. So, All right, do you hear anything? Uh, looks like um, we can't get David back on the line, um, and actually having uh, trouble getting in contact with him. If he replies in the next minute or so, um, then then we'll get his pick. So, um, All right, we're, we're three, two, three, two, three, two, three, two. So, do you, do you want to pull your trump card for this round? It's tied five five. Um, the thing is, if I get two trump cards in the first round. Is that enough, or should we have? Yeah, I think we need. I, I think if I get two in the first round, do I want to use it here? That's the question. Um, and let me see. Yeah, because I'm going all in on Nehemiah. All in on Nehemiah. I hear you. Okay, not sure I want to use it here. Okay. Um, yeah, I'll use one here for Joel. Um, the problem is they've got a really hard matchup. Um, coming up with Susanna, uh, so <laughs> might not be the best. But same thing would have happened with Chronicles. Tough matchup against Susanna next. So, um, so I've used one of my trump cards in round one. Uh, means Joel moves on to fight oh. another fight there. Joel upsetting second Chronicles. Um, um, we want to thank David for coming on. Uh, it's been great. He obviously added amazing commentary and analysis that we are completely incapable of doing. We apologize a little bit about the, the sound quality. Um, you know, this is, this is what happens when you're, when your experts are, are traveling around the country doing really cool, amazing stuff. Um, do follow uh, David over on Twitter at David R. Allen Jr. We'll have a link down in the show notes. So you can follow him on Twitter if you don't already. He's definitely somebody to, um, to keep in touch with, you know, to follow, keep track of. And if, and it, you know, he, he wouldn't brag about this, but if you notice, he just kind of dropped in there. Morehead Kane scholar at UNC Chapel Hill, uh, doing really great work. Actually was um, in my youth group uh, when I was a youth minister way back in the day. Um, so been, been close with David for a long time. I want to thank him a lot for coming on. He had a fantastic uh, analysis. We'll probably um, have to get him back on the show again sometime in the future. Maybe he can tell us a little bit more about uh, the trip that he's on too. So, so we actually we we pushed through, had a couple more uh, matchups uh, tonight, got through the first six. So, so we'll plan on that. Well, I think we can do six a week. Uh, we'll, so we'll we'll try for six again next week. Uh, see where that leaves us. Does that sound good to you, Sam? Yeah, that's great. And thank you, David. That was fantastic. And and yeah, six a week. Go to challenge.com slash thinking religion. Link down in the show notes. Or in your podcast player, if you swipe over whichever way your podcast player on your device works, or if you're listening on the web, it's easy to get there. Chalonge.com slash Thinking Religion. You can also go to Thinking Religion on Facebook and get there. Um, and if everybody who listens to this show 
would just go to patreon.com slash thinkingfm or, or thinking.fm and, and click the little Patreon thing and uh, and give a dollar a month. Like, we, we could we could make a lot of money, and that would be awesome because we have a lot of listeners. You can also help, you and, can also and we help would me my that. wife wrong, who today was like, nobody listens to your show. I'm like, yes, they do. Yeah, like, exactly. Yes, <laughs> people listen to our show that, like, I don't already know. So um, Here's a check, honey. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> so um, thanks, yeah. thanks a lot for listening. For those of you that have created brackets, um, enjoy following along. Uh, we're definitely enjoying this. We're going to try to make it not stretch out for six months, but, um, but really fun to get started here really interesting uh matchups going on um as always you can follow us on twitter same as that sam harrelson i'm at thomas whitley and you can find more of this great podcast at thinking.fm